This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. Good day and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 77, recorded on the 25th of November, 2014. On today's show, balancing camp and the rest of your life. If you would like easy, automatic free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes or use the free Stitcher app. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored in part by camp pros like you who support the show on Patreon. If you've got even one good idea from the Camp Hacker podcast, you could show your support for the show for as little as $1 per episode. We've got some great rewards too, just like a Kickstarter campaign. Please go to patreon.com forward slash camphacker and by the Camp Owners and Directors Association. You provide quality experiences for children, helping them grow and gain independence. We help you achieve your vision. Check us out at campownersanddirectors.com and by Camp Easy. To save on your listing in a camp directory that parents love, use the code CAMPHACKER for 70% off the price of a full camp registration. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker Show. Hello, camp pros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker Podcast. My name is Travis Allison. I, with my wife Beth, run a network for developing professional camp people at camphacker.tv. And my name's Gabrielle. I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Oro. Camp Oro is an all-girls camp in the Laurentians in Quebec. I'm Corey Harrison. I'm the executive director of YMCA Camp Benson, which is in Northwest Illinois. Welcome to the show, Corey. Thank you. It's great to have you here. It's great to have you. Uh, So before I do a quick little interview with Corey, just so everybody can get to know him, I just want to remind you that uh, if there's some great stuff that you get out of the show, if you learn anything, if one of what something, one of the hosts says something that really sticks with you, um, then I I hope you'll go to camphacker.tv slash love. Um, That'll put a create a tweet for you automatically that you can then recognize people for the the hard work that they're doing. Uh, Our hope is that Joe is going to be able to join us, but he is um, having some trouble with his internet. So we're not too sure he may jump in uh, unannounced um, and we'll keep going. I do want to take just a moment and thank Corey for being on the show. Um, today's topic comes about, about because we were talking on the Camp Pros group on Facebook about balancing camp and life. And Corey had some really smart stuff to say. And he said that if we ever did this as a topic, he'd love to be on. So, Corey, thank you for that and for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. It's, it's exciting. And it's a topic that I'm pretty passionate about. So I'm excited to chat with you guys today about it. Cool. That's great. So Corey, you, how long have you been at Benson now? I just finished my fourth summer. So just over three and a half years, fourth summer here at YMCA Camp Benson. Right, right on. And uh, where does Benson mostly draw from? Well, we're located in Northwest Illinois, so we, um, have, we're just about two hours outside of Chicago, an hour and a half south of Madison, Wisconsin. Right. And, and so we have this really kind of unique setting that for us in the YMCA world, we're one of only two YMCA resident camps in the whole state of Illinois. So one is just in, uh, in, in Chicago. It's, o- it's owned and operated by the YMCA of Greater Chicago. And then there's us. So we've kind of partnered up with a, a number of YMCA associations, if you will, uh, around us. And so we have about six associations and 18 branches that we're the official resident camp for, all basically in the Northwest Illinois corridor right here along the Mississippi River. Right on. That's awesome. And how did you get started at Camp Corey? Uh, lifelong camper. So yeah. I was a, a, a camper for eight summers and on summer camp staff for five summers at the same camp. Um, so I spent 13 summers of my life at the same camp. And, um, I still to this day, I, I remember being uh, 15 years old and mopping a, uh, a lodge kitchen at this camp after a retreat. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this is what I want to do. I want to be, uh, uh, not, not necessarily a janitor, although that's part yeah. of it, but, uh, I wanted to be at camp. And so every kind of decision I made from that point was about how do I get to becoming a camp director? Amazing. Right on. Well, welcome to the show. You were so insightful and you're great at sharing with the camp community. So I'm grateful that you would join us in doing that here. Excellent. Thanks. So today we're going to work on, um, work on, we're going to be talking about balancing life and camp. And 
um, some of us are better at that than others. And uh, it's certainly something we've talked about before, but it's a long time since we've had a show about it here. We've talked maybe more specifically before about balancing family life and camp. But um, I think sometimes we have to learn as camp directors how to put ourselves first so that we have the energy and the stamina to make it through the camp season, but also through the rest of the year. Um, So how do you feel, Corey, about the term work-life balance? What does it mean to you? Well, I, for me personally, <laughs> yeah. I think it's a bit, um, I, it's a bit overused and a bit overrated. That, that's my, my personal opinion. Not that I don't uh, find value in it. Um, I, for me, I think it, it's much more, I, I like the term work-life integration much more than I like work-life balance. Uh, right. Work-life balance kind of gives me this perception that there's only this certain kind of pie of space, you know, and if you give 50% of that to work and in, in camp and you give 50% of that to your family, if you want to give 60% to camp, then you have to give 40% to life and family and kids and things like that. And I'm just not convinced that that's actually how it all works. Right. Right. So, so I'm going to come back to that, Corey. There's lots of things sure. to pick up on that. And Gab, what does the term mean to you? I think it's a little bit, a little bit like what Corey's saying. Um, I think now that that people are able to work from home because of using your computers and your cell phones, and you can bring it wherever you want. I think that um, we personally have to start making boundaries a little bit clearer to ourselves, not necessarily to others, but to ourselves more importantly. Um, and I think that also it really depends on where you're getting your your joy from, and if you're able to sort of replenish. And and for yeah. me you know, work is really, really a fun and important part of my every day. And I don't need to necessarily create this very strong separation of, okay, now I'm at home, so then I can do this. But um, I think the word balance is what what it really comes down to. And I think in anything that you do in your life, balance is a really important part. Um, And it's not necessarily, is it work balance or life balance? But what what keeps you happy and, and what keeps you functioning and what's healthy, I think is really what you're looking, looking at. And also the relationships that you have in your life, how are you giving to those relationships and what are you receiving back from them? So I think it's really, you know, it's not to get too uh, Zen or philosophical, but it's just basically, you know, what makes you happy and what's draining and, and how are you not draining yourself? uh, You know, at the end of the day. And again, also I mentioned a lot is role modeling to our staff members. Um, and making sure that they see sort of this sort of take not being a martyr, but taking care of yourself is important. But yeah. I think it really comes down to you. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's um, an interesting thing that I've seen the modeling part of that gap. I, I've certainly seen the camps that I've been to visit where staff are working super crazy hours, super late. Um, and the director's like, well, I just can't, a director has said to me, I just can't get them to stop. They won't put this aside. And I said, well, what time do you quit work? Like, what example are you giving to them? What are you showing to them? How are you demonstrating to them that you take care of yourself? Well, I'm up working past curfew every night. You're like, right. How can you get anyone to respect that philosophy if, if you don't do it yourself? Totally. And just before we start recording, I was joking, saying I'm probably the worst person for this uh, for this talk because I'll work very long hours, but it's long hours on a project that I believe in. Um, but when it comes to camp, when I'm actually physically on camp, I'm very purposeful about when I take my time off and that my staff know when I take my time off. And I get reactions from different directors like, wow, you actually take a day off, you know, once a week. Yeah. Um, and then, and then some other directors where they're like, of course, that's what you have to do. And, and I think that, again, it comes down to your own personal philosophy and what your camp needs. And um, I'm fortunate that I'm able to take that one day off a week. But in part, it's for myself. Actually, a big part's for myself. I really need it. Um, but another part is really modeling for my staff that this is important and we're not here to just give it our all and push ourselves to the side. And I don't want them to do that when they're, if they ever become parents or when they become um, when they work full time, I don't want them to sacrifice that way. I want them to take what they need and you're able to, that's the other thing. There's sort of, it starts to become counterintuitive. Of course, when you're working so hard, you start making mistakes. You don't see clarity. 
um, with certain issues, you know, there's the, the work part actually benefits from, from us balancing our lives a little bit. So it's not just to have a, a round out, you know, a life it's to mostly, it's also helps. It really benefits, um, yeah. you know, our work. In, in my response to, to that particular question that, that they, that you asked the, yeah. the camp director that Travis kind of taps into, um, okay, I've said it is it, just if they're working hard and they're working late and they're working past curfew, what is their spirit like when they're doing it? Is, is that what they find enjoyment in? Is that where they find that drive and that drive? Is it actually a bad thing? And in most cases, what I find when we talk about work-life balance is we always think it's like this thing. We need them to stop doing that. They need better balance. They need more rest. And, and I think that's okay. Uh, I just When I look at our society and I look at the world in which we live, and especially camping, the people who are the best of the best don't have balance. In my country, football is pretty popular, and you can argue about who the the greatest football quarterback is. But let's just take an example like Peyton Manning. He doesn't have work-life balance. He doesn't go on vacations. He throws the football a thousand times a day, even when there aren't games, and works and works and works so that he can be elite. And when he can, he can be the best at what he does, tech startups, they work hours and hours to be the best. Now, I don't think that there's a point where we do that all of our lives and at every point of our lives. We just had a baby and we, you know, we're putting in those same hours. But I think that there is merit and there is something to be honored about that kind of drive and that kind of passion for your camp that it's three in the morning and you can't sleep because you're thinking about what you're going to fix the next day or what you're going to change with this idea that you had and, and you're up working working on that, sending out those emails. I, I, I think there's something, at least in my opinion, that needs to be honored about that also. And I think, and I think you're right in that sense where it's sort of that, you know, passion. It's just, it's just when, when you're, you know, when you're not taking care of yourself and it starts affecting your job, um, is also something to be looked at and that it's not just, sometimes we get in a rut and we don't know what else to do, but to work and, you know. Peyton Manning's having a hard time right now just saying (laughs) from across the border, (laughs) <laughs> He's struggling a little bit. Maybe he does need a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> or Peyton. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I often find that uh, the times where I'm, you know, I'm gone on, gone on vacation or taking so much time away that it actually is affecting me in the opposite way. I, there's that thing that makes me want to be back at camp, and it makes me want to be involved. And so, for me, um, in my life's a, a, a little bit u- unique in some senses because I'm a single dad of three boys. So our life is really integrated at right. camp. Right. Everything we do somehow evolves around around camp. So it is our life and, and it's where we live and it's, it's where we play and it's also where we work and, and we do those things. So, you know, there, there often aren't those, those lines that maybe are, are necessarily there for, for everybody, but it, it is something that it, there's a lot of integration for us in our life on that. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, um, I think that, I think that what you're, what we're really looking at is just what's possible and what's not. And, um, and sometimes what happens is that we try to do what's not possible. And every day we try to do what's not possible. So try to get home at this time and it's not possible or try to get this project done and it's not possible. And I think that, you know, as you said, single dad, three boys camp. I mean, of course there is a definite integration, but there you're doing something that's possible um, and it's sort of creating that understanding of when you go to bed at night that you feel good about what you did that day because you understand what was possible versus what wasn't possible. And I think that's where people get into a little bit where they get stuck is that they beat themselves up for doing the impossible. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I love the idea of home cooked meals. Like for me, that's it. It just makes me feel good at the end of the day. But I have to prioritize shopping and I have to prioritize cooking those meals. I I need to do that if that's what I want to make possible. And so I think it's really looking at what you value and what's important, but also understanding with the time you have and with the support that you have, what is possible versus what isn't and not feel badly when you can't do what is just absolutely impossible to do. 
It's a great way of thinking about it, Cap. Yeah. So, and thinking about the the stuff that you were saying, Corey, um, I think that there, the the passion for summer camp is right. I think you you become an all star at this by by diving into your passion, and I think that there are times that um, that it's worth doing a, a sprint on a project or, you know, something project-based that you can for a day or two put some extra time in. And I'm not saying that any camp director in the world works nine to five, nor realistically could do that in this job. But what I worry about is um, a lot of the research that's coming out of, uh, out of the tech world was one of your examples and even professional sports now um, is that um, if we don't prioritize sleep number one and diet number two um then performance can't stay at a level um if if we don't do that and one of the interesting things speaker that you and i heard dr g at mid-states last year talked a lot about um the sleep debt that our staff come to us with and how that affects them and that um from a cognitive level most of our staff arrive at camp so impaired by lack of sleep that they shouldn't be driving, that they would be legally impaired, the same yep. impairment as if they were drunk. Um, and that we need to develop a culture th- that values sleep, um, that doesn't say, well, no, I just need to prioritize this. And and I, I, was, I was pretty good at his camp director at, at um, putting aside time for sleep and even taking time for myself, finding stuff on the shoulders of the day where I could get some time to myself going. One of my favorite things about living at camp was getting to go for a walk in the woods with the dogs in the morning um, before everybody got up and got moving and started knocking on my door. Um, so I definitely found ways to do it, but I think we need to make sure that um, our staff, that we're setting the example that the staff can follow, which I've said, but that, that we're talking to them about how to um, do this. And if we have college aid staff that we think will become professional camp directors, then we, we need to make sure that they have a feeling for this going into it's my, my thinking on it. Yeah, and, and I, I appreciate you pointing that out because I think that I, I do remember that session. And I think it's really important the idea of of sleep and uh, of rest and of, of diet and nutrition. I think those things are are huge. And, and maybe diet and nutrition is a little bit easier at camps. Maybe a camp like mine, which has a food service program that runs every day of the the summer, um, a little bit easier than it is for for sleep and rest. But um, I think that that's huge because often when when we talk. I think when we when I when I've been in sessions on work life balance and at various conferences or in various conversations, it's a lot about separation. Mm, so mm. this over here and this over here, and you can only have one or the other and be doing one or the other at the time. Whereas when I think about diet and nutrition and rest, I once again I think about those integrating. Those are really important to what it means to work at camp and to be involved at camp and they make you better at your job. So they're almost yeah. a tool to enhance your time. So I don't really view those two things as kind of that 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 separation. Um, and I think when I hear about work-life balance, that's really where I I struggle is all the conversation of it's this or 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 this. And and can I give you one example of where I kind of yeah. where this philosophy tells me? Um there, uh, there is an, an ancient uh, kind of uh, rabbinic Jewish tradition or idea that there is that goes back through history through of time that essentially says um, there's this concept that there was God and that's all there was and then God needed to create the world and to create the world he had to make space for the world so he had to step out of it and make space. Mm-hmm. This space in this kind of Hebrew tradition is called zimzum. It's the kind of the Hebrew word that they pronounce. It's a really cool word that we should all use lots. And when I and the idea of it is not that there is this space that once again you had a hundred percent and you have fifty here and fifty here and you have to take from one. The idea of zimzum is the idea of expansion. So I have camp and I have I, I have children. And they, ex- my space expands. It doesn't mean one gets less than the other. And if I add in, a, you know, I add in my relationship, 
Yeah. Well, my I didn't just have to split it 33% three ways. I've just expanded that space. And so I think that's a really important concept yeah. to me is the idea when we're talking about balance, it isn't always like you can only have this set circle. And I know that's kind of philosophical in, in, in some senses, but I actually think that our capacity grows just like our experience at camp. When we add a new program at camp, we don't always drop a program for camp. We just make room and in some sort of magic philosophical way, there's more space. And right. I think it's true with work-life balance too. Right. Right on. So Corey, let me let me follow up on one thing there. How do you find ways to prioritize your family in this bigger space, obviously, but how do you, you still need to make sure you spend time with your kids and that there there's time for the four of you? How do you carve that out of time during the busy summer? Yeah, I, I think um, it, it's a horrible cliche, but it really boils down to the idea of quality versus quantity. Mm. Um, the reality is camp takes the quantity of your time. Yeah. It takes most of your time. We get up at 7, we go to bed at, at 1230, and we do that for 72 days straight, or yeah. however long your particular summer is at your camp. That That's that's intense. Uh, the age of my particular kids, um, one of uh, two of them are camper age and one of them works at camp. So there's a lot of crossover and, and that sort of thing. But when we have that day off a week or you have that time off, it's about are, are you doing things that are focused on their interests uh, during that time? So for me, it, it's about the the quality of what you're doing, not so much the quantity. The reality yeah. is camp is getting six out of the seven days. Right. Um, and it, it, it's also it, that's the lifestyle, and it's no different than than anybody else who, it, anybody else's lifestyle who works a regular kind of you know nine to five job and, and spends three hours on television every night. They've prioritized cert, certain things, and and for us and in, in our family, we've chosen to make camp that priority. So conversations are are often about camp even even with the kids ideas and including yeah. them into the, the the process of sharing creatively um my my younger kids even as campers come to staff meetings and uh you know one of them even says that they're gonna take over the family business <laughs> and so um you know it, it's one of those things where that like so in, it's important what kind of role model we're being in that process and making sure we're showing that um, and, and so what we're trying to do is realize that, um, it's, it's, it's about integration and a family and camp and work and the why and fun and play and school and making sure that those things are highly connected. So we do the little things, even yeah. though we may not have a lot of time for them, we make sure that they're quality. Amazing. Right on. Right on. And, and consistent, I imagine. Quality and consistent, um, that happens regularly. Or, yeah, I, um, you. I don't want to put words nice. in my mouth. I was just wondering. No, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, consistency in the in the fact that it happens absolutely. But we're not because of camp. We're not a very scheduled family um, because you can imagine how things pop up all the time. So it can't be, hey, guess what? We're going to the park from one to two because we don't know about the camper who broke their leg or hurt themselves or, or did something like that. So it's a bit tricky. So it's consistent in the fact that it actually happens, but maybe less consistent in a structural sense. And um, with which fits really well with kind of the direction we go, where we're going as a camp, as a lot of camps are, exploring the idea of free play, exploring the idea of letting kids choose. And so there's a lot of organic aspects to our, our, our lives. Um, we don't have, you know, menus set out um, during the non-summer season when we're cooking meals. We don't have menus set out and say, okay, this is the meal today. This is the meal tomorrow. This because our life doesn't work on a consistent level like that. But definitely that it happens um, is huge. Awesome. That makes me think uh, about because uh, when we talk, I often I think of you as um, as adult professional in the industry and you know maintaining your own sanity and your own relationships. But you have this perspective of having been a camp kid um, yeah. and grown up at camp, just like Corey's kids, and and moving into the family business. What 
what worked for your family when you were growing up? Um, I think, I think it's very important that, um, I think it's very important for camp kids to understand or that camp parents understand that, that, um, um, there's a lack of understanding of when parents need to leave and come back when, when you're a child. So when you out of sight, out of mind, I think is very true. So when you have, um, your, your parents leave in the morning and then come back at five, you don't think about them coming and going, coming and going. You just see them gone and then they come back home. And I went to see Chris Thurber speak and he said, what's that? Him and his wife got into a little bit of an argument because she brought the kids down to the waterfront while he was lifeguarding. And then they had to go and they started crying. And he was like, why did you bring them down there? You know, like, <laughs> and, uh, and she was like, am I not allowed to bring them down to the waterfront? He's like, not when I'm, you know, lifeguarding. And it's kind of, actually, that's kind of true. Um, because if he has to do a job and the child is held responsible for keeping their composure or keeping this separation, I think that's a, that's a very t- difficult toll on, on, um, on the child. And I think that my parents learned that probably, uh, by their second child. Right. <laughs> so I'm the <laughs> oldest, but I think, I think when there was two of us that had sort of difficult reactions, they sort of started realizing, oh, this is difficult for them. Every time we have to be, uh, camp directors, um, and they have to, you know, contain themselves. They're not allowed to come and run into our arms. They're not allowed to do that. That's a little bit difficult. So I'm not saying that we didn't see them throughout the day, but that's what I was talking about with Corey about consistency. I knew when I knew when my mom was was my mom, and right. I was allowed to treat her as my mother. Um, and the same with my father. So I think I think that's really nice. And so she always made sure. Um, that we had dinner together and that she read us a bedtime story. And I know it sounds very sort of maybe small, but it was kind of a a small moment where we all knew that no matter what was going on, unless there, of course, was a broken leg, I think that that we understood. But it was also a time when there wasn't a lot of problems at camp. You know, dinner and and just after dinner seems to be kind of a calm time, uh, I think, at most camps. Um, And so that sort of was our time. And I think... Just making sure that you're you're setting it up for a child parent relationship is really important, and not a uh, child parent job relationship. Right. Um, I think that to have that clear distinction is is important, and every child uh, is different. Um, you know, m- myself from my two brothers. My youngest brother Art is very much you know loves. Uh, being alone and the whole camp thing is overwhelming for him and that had to be like respected um you know in our family that he was he didn't love a lot of people around and you know you say I have to look at that so I think consistency sometimes is helpful but also clear boundaries and yeah so but I you know and but every family goes through learning about what that family dynamic is and there's some families where parents need to leave for about you know, a couple of weeks because they go on job things. I think every family, as they're growing as a family, learns what, what, what's helpful and what's a little bit, dis, you know, difficult. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and I love that you said that because it it just boils down to the idea that it's that it's about a choice and the choices that you make for your particular family and 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 how they fit. There was a a quote I was reading, kind of in build up for this conversation from uh, Jack Welch, who was the former CEO uh, of GE, and he said, "There's there's no such thing as work life balance. There are work life choices, right. and you make them, and they have consequences." And that and that's the reality. And you know, we make the choices, and they have consequences to them, one way or the other. Exactly, and I think I think where I get a little bit anxious is when I hear camp directors saying, "Oh, my my children have the best life because they grow up at camp." I always get a little bit anxious about that because I think that if when we sort of, you know, slightly mask ourselves with it's fine, they're growing up at camp. What kid wouldn't want that? Um, that's when we're sort of blind to some of the issues. And, and, you know, as, as owners or bosses, you, you piss staff members off so they can take that out on the children. Um, Mm -hmm. you can be working ridiculous hours and child's not ready for that. There's a whole bunch of pack, you know, things that can arise from it. So just to be aware that, um, you know, crap does happen and it's no matter what, it's difficult, whether your parent's a doctor, a camp director, an artist, 
um, a stay-at-home mom, there's difficulties and just to be aware, you know, what are the choices that you're making that's best for your family? So when it, when a camp director is like, okay, I'm trying my best, you know, with my children at camp, then I feel a lot, a lot safer. But when they start saying, oh, it's wonderful, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, evaluate, <laughs> time to evaluate if it is or not. Um, <laughs> but it was wonderful for me. I can say that personally. I really had wonderful role models and my bro- um, our camp is an all-girls camp, so my brothers also are, I would have to say, feminists by not choice. <laughs> <laughs> by experience. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Cool. Um, Corey, what would you say would be the biggest lesson that you've learned about um, about managing all this? Being a good, being a good family person, looking after yourself, and uh, and managing camp well. Yeah, I think the biggest lesson I've learned from it, or the the thing that I've had to take from it, is you you have to do what fits your family. Um, and I just think that this is not a one-size-fits-all sort of subject. Yep. Um, there are so many people uh, on so many different subjects that we, we want to just paint a blanket picture and say uh, everything should be like this. And so we see a camp come along um, and we read their their blog or see them on a uh, on the Summer Camp Pro's Facebook page saying, hey, we allow technology at camp. And all of us are like, wait, what? It can't. <laughs> And we think that the policies of our camp should be the policies of their camp. But we do this even more with a family. My family structure, my family morals, my family way of doing things should be the way that you do things. That's what it's about. And so sometimes the idea of work-life balance is about work-life conformity and making (laughs) sure that every family looks the same and operates the same and has that same priority. But you've got to know your kids. And you've got to know your, your, your spouse or the, your significant other. You, you, you've got to know your camp. You've got to know your camp staff. And, you know, for the first three, three and a half summers here at Camp Benson, it was about running hard. Right. And, and, and my kids knew that. And they ran hard in the process. But, you know, we're at a point now where we're hiring an assistant camp director and we have a solidified staff. And all of a sudden, you've run hard for a period of time. And you can step back a, a, a little bit, but it's about knowing those moments and, yeah. and knowing how to um, to make the choice that's right. So that's been kind of the biggest thing that I've had to, to have kind of thick skin about when I talk about the hours that we keep at camp and I, and I get lectures about sending emails at four in the morning or two in the morning, you know, things like that. For, I, I, you have to realize that somebody else's priorities are not always the, what's right for your family. So you got to examine what's right for you what is their time to do for you what brings you joy happiness what brings connection with your kids and your family and your 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 significant other yeah it's a big and big one for me Kev, mm-hmm. would you say that you have one big lesson um no i think Corey summed it up very well um with with sort of you know what's important to you and your values and what makes sense and and our jobs aren't, like most jobs, aren't consistent. There's going to be certain times where you really do need to make the big push. And it's a very important part, not just for your company or what you're trying to build, but for your, you know, for your life. You're doing yeah. that so this is successful. And, uh, I mean, Travis, just with Camp Hacker, with what you and Beth are doing, it's, I'm sure there's certain moments where it's been work, work, work. And, but that's for something that you're hoping you know, eventually is going to be something that's that's solid and has a, a strong foundation. Um, so I think it's just understanding why you're doing what you're doing. I just, you know, sometimes it's when you're when you're in it and you don't understand it anymore. When right. you're just that's all you're doing and you're just your head's in the computer and and you're just going going going, uh, and you haven't had a moment to take a break and reflect. And I love what you're saying, Corey. With you know, three years you guys did a good big push, and then afterwards you did. Um, you know, you're looking at getting an assistant director. Joe went very similarly. He sort of removed himself from the director position when things were running really well and moved into an executive director position. And he's starting to do other things like fundraising with it, with their camp. I mean, that to me makes sense. So just taking those moments to evaluate and see where you're going, what, what does it look like over the hill, I think is really important. And I think that that's what we're talking about in balance is giving yourself that time to think and evaluate and do other things 
so that you can get some perspective or talk to other people. Listen to podcasts. And, and, and I, I love that because what, you, what you're insinuating is, is that if this is, if you are running hard, if you are doing the same, you better, you better love what you're doing. Mm. And, and I think a lot of people, you know, we talk about work-life balance and we talk about this, the, the downfall of not being balanced. It's burnout. Burnout right. is what we're really talking about here. And, and, and I, I think I read somewhere that like exit interviews, like 73% of exit interviews, people say the cause of their leaving is burnout. They're burnout. And, and I never thought, I've never thought in my life or my experience that burnout was the result of running hard or working hard or not having the right balance. I've always believed that burnout is the exist is is because of running hard, working hard, um, pushing hard in something you're not a right fit for, mm. or something you're not passionate about. And if you're at a camp that doesn't excite you and doesn't keep you up at night, uh, of course you're going to get burnout. Of course you're going to want more balance. The more time you can be out of there, the the better. But when you're in the right place at the right time, it, you know it, it's crazy. Yeah. I got a little excited there. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's totally great. That's totally I great. love it. Your passion came through for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I've been thinking about one thing as we were preparing for this, and um, it, this isn't specific about um, about the balance of camp and family. This is sort of about how to um, how to thrive um, as the individual in the role as a, a care professional and doing this this year round. And I think a lot of it comes down to control, being able to, to feel like you're in control of being able to, to push through a sprint and then get a break or being able to um, organize your day in a way that you feel like you're accomplishing things. Obviously no one ever gets enough done in a day, but um, feel like you, you can accomplish things. And so I've trying to think about ways that hints that I could give people to do that. And, and I think in terms of simple control, one of the best ways to do that is to control the things that are influencing you or giving you stress in some way. Email being a huge one. How can we look at controlling email? Can we do stuff like one of the, the, the cool ideas that I've done from time to time, especially when there are huge projects going on is let people know that I'm only going to check email twice a day and only respond to email twice a day. You can't expect that email is going to work like text messages for me in these big periods. And then that gives me a feeling of control and a bit of boundary around all of the stuff that's that's giving me stress. I think the other hint that I would give for people to feel like they have control is to never start their day with email. Um, because as soon as you start your day with email, then suddenly you're on someone else's agenda and not your own. And um, those two things, I think, are, are things that are hard to work on certainly not successful at doing it all the time, but um, are things that give me a feeling of control and therefore feeling like I can take on all of the things that go on in running a business or running a camp because um, I, I feel like I have that <clears throat> one space where I have a little bit of a control in my life. Um, I, I've, it's been a great discussion. I want to ask each of you one question before we wrap this up and move on to the tool. Um, Corey, what would be the one thing that you wish you had time for in your camp director life? <laughs> um, gosh, that's a tough one because um, whatever I want to have time for, I have time for. Okay, I'm in control of that. It, right. it, it, and I, I think that's one of the things that I've learned is if I want to have time to do it, I have time to do it. Now, there isn't time to do everything I want to do, but there's time to do anything I want to do, right, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. I can't, I can't do everything. And so for me, it, it begins with kind of this idea of waking up each morning um, and asking this, this three-word question. And as many times as I can remember to do it, I do it. And here's the three-word question. What's essential? Right. What is essential? If I ask myself every single day, and it goes back to what you're talking about, Travis, of controlling, yeah. is email essential to me? Is that staff development piece uh, essential to me? Is that that time at the park or in a book or tucking my children in, which, by the way, Gab, is not a small thing, um, <laughs> tucking children in and reading the story and making sure you have dinner together. I loved that. Um, it, 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 you ask yourself, what is essential? For me, I never have these moments where I go... I, I, at least, it, at least for me, I don't have the moment where I go, gosh, I wish I had time to do that today. 
it always boils down to I didn't take time to do it because of a priority or a choice issue. So I, I can't really kind of pinpoint some things I wish I had time for. I try to find time for all the things that yeah. I view that are priority. Okay, cool. Very cool. How about you, Gab? What do you wish that you had time for as a camp director? You want me to answer after? <laughs> after Corey just said, make your own choices. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with you, Gab. I'll stick with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think it. To, to be fair, I think that's it's also my philosophy. I, there's certain things I do wish I could do, and it's just more like they gnaw on me, and I just want to get them done. Um, you know, I'm on a couple of boards and uh, and running, a, you know, a private organization, and there's so many things that I'm excited and passionate about. But I think that uh, there's nothing that I do in the day that I'm like, ugh, I had to do that. I'm actually really happy about when I wake up in the morning, anything I have to do. I think what I'm trying to work on is being okay with the things that I didn't get done that day. Right. Um, and so that's sort of something that I'm trying to, to come to terms with is just being, being all right with what I talked about earlier, what's possible, what's not. Right. But, uh, and I think Travis, what you're saying is letting people know. I think that's something I'm going to make time for is to, to let people know what I'm, what I can get done and when, um, that will definitely alleviate some of the, some of the issues. Gotcha. Yeah, that was good. Gotcha. Right on. So I would say in my life as a camp director and certainly as an entrepreneur, it's, it isn't changed. Um, there are things that I would, that I wish that I had time for. Um, some of my hobbies are pretty simple and time consuming and easy to fit in and gives me little jolts of joy. Uh, and so I've had to focus on those. Others of my hobbies are fairly time consuming. If I could draw and paint more, I would be a much happier person, but it, it's just that's it involves setting aside big blocks of time that I just can't. So I find joy in reading and listening to books and um, doing photography, th those kind of things that still fill that same artsy side of me. Um, and uh, yeah, I would say for me, if I if I could draw and paint more um, and make stuff with my hands more, build things, I would be. Those would be things that I wish I had time for uh, in in both businesses, the, the camp hacker business and as a camp director. But um, I've had to find times in my shorter shorter time cycle um, hobbies that uh, that fulfill me in in many similar ways. Listen, it's been a great, it's great discussion, and thank you both for contributing. Um, we thought we had Joe on the call; he was in and out, but uh, just didn't work. So, if you're watching the video, you may have seen Joe's head pop up a couple of times. Um, and uh, it, so, we're sorry that he wasn't able to add his his two cents into this this great discussion. I thank you both for um, for adding to this and for contributing to the well being of so many camp pros around the world. It's awesome. At this time, what I want to do is move on to our tool of the week. Tool of the week. For those of you watching us on YouTube for the first time uh, or listening to us on your phone, I, our tool of the week is something that each panelist brings that makes us a better camp director, that can add um, to your repertoire of cool things to help you do this job better. Um, Corey, because you are our guest, I would like to ask you to go first. What would be your tool? Sure. So uh, a tool that I've been using uh, for the first time this year in, in 2014 is uh, from a website called speak.com. So it's right. S-P-E-E-K.com. And uh, it's a conference call system. And if you're like me, every time I hop on a conference call, it's always the same issues. Somebody's on mute. Somebody can't hear. You don't know who's joined in. People are dropping in and out. We're talking on top of each other. Yeah. There's always like this insanity that goes on with conference calls. And more of my work with camp and the why has involved having multiple people in a conversation uh, verbally at the same time. So I've started using Speak, and it's a free service. And, and I, I've loved it because it shows me exactly who's on. Um, it goes through your computer. So instead of calling into a number, you're connecting through your computer. You can know who's talking. I can mute people from the conversation. I can kick people out of the conversation um, if I need to. And it also allows me to record every one of those calls, which is really handy for kind of future reference and sending it out to people who you know maybe weren't a part of it. So no dial-ins, no pins, right. uh, 
nothing, nothing to download. It's all web-based. And so it's been a huge help for me. That's cool. Yeah, speak.com. Corey, do you find that there are enough people who are comfortable speaking to a computer um, that it's that you don't run into trouble with people like, well, I only know how to dial into these things? Yeah, I, I think for those people, the beauty of Speak is that there's just an iPhone and an Android app. Okay. And so you can do the same concept, yeah. but just through through your, your phone. Gotcha. Um, but once again, you just avoid having to, because I always, I don't know about you guys, when you call in, you, you dial the number and then the pin is like in an email. And so you're holding <laughs> the phone away from your face and you're trying to pull it up and it's like linked to a calendar date. And you're, uh, you're trying to remember nine digits as you flip back over to your phone feature. It's just messy. And, and I love what Speak has done. In, That's awesome. In, in, in that sense. And they've allowed us to even create our own branded site. So Kent Benson has nice. its own branded thing where people join into that, that conversation. We title the conversations and it integrates with like Google Drive and Dropbox and things like that. So yeah. we are uploading all kinds of documents into the conversation. So yeah, everybody I've worked with on it has, has been uh, pretty comfortable with it. Cool. Cool. And in the other nice thing about internet excuse me, voiceover internet protocol is that what I like is that you could put headphones on yep. and your hands are free. So free to take notes, free to type notes, whatever, uh, instead of having to cradle and, uh, and, Absolutely. and write with the one shoulder method. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, it, it's great for that. I really like that. Um, Gabrielle, what, uh, what's yours? I went with Songza, which yes. is, uh, just nice. music, basically free music playing. It has a great, um, you know, you can use it on your app or through your through your computer. And basically, it can choose music for you based on your likes or you could, you know, time of day. What I like about it is that um, if you like the song, you can buy it right off of iTunes. So you're right. supporting the artists. And also, what I like about it is that when I need to be cooler than I actually am, I can play a playlist from Songza and my. 14, 15 year olds are like, Oh my God, do you listen to this? And I'm like, I do now. <laughs> of course I do. It's on my phone. phone. <laughs> That's so that really works, but it also has music without words. So when you're trying to work and you need sort of that anchor, but good music. So I love it. I discover a lot of music through it. Yeah. Yeah. Songs might be an old tool to many, um, many people listening to this show who aren't from Canada because it's been in Europe and in the States a lot longer than it's been in Canada. So um, it's a, a cool recent within the last year for us discovery. So uh, yeah. I love the concierge service. It says, what do you feel like? Where you feel yeah. like working to the beat or do you feel like yeah. house cleaning and dancing? Yeah. I love that stuff. That's great. I showed it to my mom and she's now she's all, <laughs> she's all over it. Good. My concierge says that this is going to be listening to. <laughs> I love it. Right on. Great pick, Gab. Thank you. Thanks. Um, my pick is a Mac app called Snap Heal, and it is um, a photo editing app, which may, you may feel like doesn't apply to you, but it does one thing and does it really well. And it's on sale right now for $13. Um, I think it's usually double that. So uh, Snap Heal, H-E-A-L. Uh, what it does is allow you to take a photo that's kind of busy and simplify things. So it may be a photo of um, one staff member that you've done to put up on their picture on your website of the staff board. Um, but if there's something distracting in the background, it'll heal out that. So it does what um, what in Photoshop, Gab, what's that called? Um, like the non-destruct, not the the healing. It's not just the, the old healing brush, but that new thing that has, happens in Photoshop. Yeah, um, you can use masks. For yeah. it, um, and um, I can't. I'm horrible with recalling. I know it's what the button looks like. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so it does that that one thing. It also would allow you to do. So if you do staff portraits, which is something I advocate for every year that you had, you have somebody shoot good photos or you take a moment on a good camera and shoot good photos of all your staff. Um, it allows you to do some cool skin healing, um, super easily. So it does one thing, it does it well, and it costs $13 to do so. Um, I, as someone who gets paid to do photography, um, I don't pay for the Photoshop, uh, monthly Photoshop thing. I use Lightroom all the time um, and Lightroom's healing is getting better, but still not great. And so there are some photos that I need to take and use this um, on. And so I still do this for, I'm going to do it for some photos for a client today. And so it's a, a neat little tool, does one thing and does it well. It's called Snap Heal. 
Uh, if you want to find out what these tools are or get a link to them, Joe had a great one that we're going to save for the next time he's able to join us. Um, go to camphacker.tv slash podcast, and you will see each episode there and the tools of the week. Um, our hope is that someday we would have a just a tool of the week section so people could pick through all of the tools. Um, it'll come days, come someday, I think. But uh, just go to this episode and you will see this is episode 77. You will see that um, all of the tools and links to them are there. So um, I thank you both for joining us. It's been an awesome show. Great discussion. Uh, Corey, if people want to follow up with you or, or follow what you do at Camp Benson, where's a good way for them to get in touch with you? Um, so anything that basically has at Corey Harrison at the end of it. So okay. twitter.com slash Corey Harrison. And there's no E in Corey. Right. Same with Facebook. It's just facebook.com slash Corey Harrison. Same with Instagram. Uh, I basically have the monopoly of the Corey Harrisons. Well so. done. Good. Thanks, Corey, for being on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, I hope we could get to have you back soon. Looking forward to it. Right on. And Gabrielle? Um, you can check where I work at waro.com or you can follow me on Twitter um, at Gabrielle Rail. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks, Gab. Yeah, it's awesome. And it was very nice meeting you, Corey. Yeah, it's a pleasure. We'll meet in person soon, I'm sure. Looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you for watching the show or listening to it on your phone. We're really grateful. If um, you want to leave us a review, that's always helpful in terms of discovery. If you go to camphacker.tv slash iTunes, you can leave a review uh, of the show. Let us know how you feel um, about things. If there's things you want us to change or want us to include, then you can leave that there. Or just email me, Travis at camphacker.tv. Uh, the other thing I want to do and I want to get better at doing is thanking Matt Hansberger, whose Twitter is at Iscus, I-S-C-U-S. Um, he is our producer and editor, and he volunteers to put all these together into a format. So if you're listening to this in MP3 format, it's thanks to Matt. So I want to thank him for being such a big part of the growth of Camp Acker and being a big part of the network. So thanks, Iscus. We really appreciate it. And uh, all the other shows are at camphacker.tv slash podcast. Thanks very much. And thanks for the evening, friends. The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus. 